Welcome to the sixth episode of our podcast called Conversate, where we engage in conversation. On this episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are engaging in a conversation about Ephesians chapter 2, in particular how uh, there is no more hostility because Jesus has united us together as one. Hope you enjoy it. Well, hey, Kevin. Hey, man. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, brother. You have a non-clinkable coffee mug today. Yeah, that was... Let's try it again. I'll put the microphone right up to it. Clink. Oh, you said clink. Oh, yeah. Or well, was that your mug? That was me. I was compensating. Oh, nice. Compensating for my... This is from the local Steepen Brew. If you haven't been there, it's a drive through coffee place that normally has like 20 cars in the line. It takes forever. It's really good. You got some froofy stuff in there? Yeah, Molly got it for me. Um, so probably, yeah, yeah. Some almond milk, maybe some... Some pumps? Some pumps of some kind. Yeah, you don't even know. Yeah, it tastes creamy. All right. Well, good for you. Awesome. What are we uh, conversing about today, well, Kevin? Aaron, I'd like to ask you, first of all, you can recognize that over the weekend it snowed, and now I'm bundled up in my long sleeves, and I noticed you wore a short sleeve T-shirt in the office. Yeah, man. What's that about? Well, this is my bunny shirt. So, and I have on uh, pineapple socks, pineapples with sunglasses. So, yeah, welcome to the Upper Peninsula of <laughs> and where you just got to embrace it, gotcha. you know? It's sort of, you know, it's like life, Kevin. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Like, you just have to find a way to be present where you are and enjoy it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. And deal with it, mm-hmm. and it might not be pleasant on the outside, but your attitude makes a difference. Ooh, it's possible you're saying to have some sort of kind of inner peace, even though exterior factors would not point you in that direction. You know, the way this conversation is going, it would almost seem to the listener like we prepared this in advance and we're setting this up, but. We're not. This is what six conversations with the same human being will do. You build rapport over time. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And we're both preachers and we know how to use words <laughs> and ideas and themes. So, but the people listening might still be thinking, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well, let's get real. All right. Let's get real. Let's get real. So, um, I'm going to do my best to tie it in because, you, you know, we've been talking for six episodes and conversation's been good and healthy, I think. I think so. And we've been, you know, on similar pages. And uh, you talked in your sermon this weekend, right, Ephesians 2, focusing on this wall of hostility. Sometimes the walls go up when these uh, four horsemen uh, show up in relationships. They seem to kind of stifle conversation. Right. None of them seemed very conducive for conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. So tell, what are these, what, where does this idea of the four horsemen come from? One, two, uh, I'll just tell us more about them. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't hear me preach uh, this week, I, I referenced uh, research by a marriage researcher by the name of John Gottman, uh, who has a research lab they they call it the love lab uh, which does sound a little bit creepy where newlyweds come in and they're observed for a weekend by researchers and 
um, the this John Gottman guy, it's kind of sad, but the thing he's most well known for is his ability to predict whether or not um, a marriage will end in divorce within the first like 15 minutes of observing uh, a couple. And he's got over 90% accuracy in doing this. So I guess the, the research has shown a lot of patterns that, that he's paid attention to. Um, and one of those things he calls the four deadly horsemen of the apocalypse, which is a, a, a reference to some biblical imagery from the book of revelation. Um, but we, we don't need to go there. <laughs> really what, what he's talking about is, uh, four really big red flags in communication in, in particular about marriage. But I think as I preach and as we're going to see, they play out in, I think every relationship in our communication styles, but things that, um, really don't bode well to have healthy conversations, especially, uh, conflicts to deal with these things. So conversations are how relationships enact and move and live in a certain way. Right. Right. And so these are four red flags, four things that if this is happening in your conversations or in your relationships, you'll look out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I found these things to be really helpful just in my own, in my own marriage, in my own relationships with people. When I find myself doing any of these things, I go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why am I, why am I responding this way? And is there a better way for me to respond? So I don't know if it's, if it's helpful just to go through these four, just kind of briefly explain them. And then, um, to, to give a little bit of helpful example, like, you know, if you find yourself getting ready to do this, what could I do instead? Yeah, that sounds good. Maybe maybe introduce one at a time. Okay. An example, and then what to do instead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the first one is uh, criticism. First one's criticism, and um, uh, again, the the difference between criticism and complaint is a complaint just just points out that that I have a I have a I have an issue with you or or with yeah something ab- about you or something you haven't done. Um, or that I wish you would do differently. Um, and I can just bring up that, bring up that issue. A criticism is when I tie in a, something I don't like about your character to the issue. Mm. Um, and, and the, what the researchers say is basically what you can tag on to the end of any complaint is just the, the question, what's wrong with you? So if I have a complaint and then I say, what's wrong with you? You know, then it's, then it's more of a criticism because it's a personal attack. Mm. Yeah, it's over not what's wrong with this thing. It's what's wrong with me. Yeah. And that's the real problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so in, instead of doing that, what they, what they say you should do is this all has to actually do with the, they, they call it, uh, the, the startup to the conversation. And a lot of people start a conversation with harsh startups. Ooh. So like, like if I have a problem with you, you might not even know I have a problem with you, but I come blazing in and I go, what's wrong with you? You didn't, I don't know. You didn't put your clothes away. You know, we'll just use that example. What's wrong with you? Um, so that, that's a, that's criticism. That's a harsh startup. So mm-hmm. if you use a more gentle startup, uh, it could be, Hey, Kevin, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I, I I like for our house to be clean. This is 
I'm pretending to be your spouse now, I guess. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm back with you. Okay. Sorry, I went to another place there. Yeah. I don't know. Kevin just leaves his dirty laundry laying around the office. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Aaron. Pick up your socks. Why do you feel like your mom? Why do I feel like your mom? I should feel like your dad. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going know. on here. <laughs> Hold on. We need to edit this. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um so in, instead of doing that a, a gentle startup, right? Mm-hmm. Um I can come at this more more gently and mm. um not not come so critical. I, I don't know if that's self explanatory, if that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. So like it almost sounds like that maybe we carry a lot of uh, just a lot of stuff around like internally, like with us, like it kind of builds up, especially if we're not communicating. Like if there's something that's going on, if there's something that's going on the first time, well, I'm likely probably just to shrug it off and not even think about it. Right. Then if it happens again and again, well, now, okay, now I kind of have a decision to make. Right. Maybe I can talk about it or maybe I can just kind of be annoyed by it. Right. But it still lives. And then like over time, see, this is what I see happening. And then all of a sudden it's like, the straw is broken on the back. You're like, what is going on around here? Right. It's turned this big deal when really the other person has no idea. Right. Caught off guard. Right. Right. Okay. And we see this happen in marriages, but I mean, it happens in all kinds of other relationships too. When conflict is left unresolved, we just, we start Mm -hmm. to spin these tales in our heads about the other person's character and that the issue becomes their identity or the issue becomes their character. And it just, yeah, it's not a good, not a good place, but I think we all naturally do it to a certain extent. Sure. Yeah. And it sounds like it's the kind of thing that's not going to encourage more conversation. Right. right. If you come that way, like immediately when you were in the example, I was already getting defensive. I was like, Hey man, I've had a busy week. Right. right? Like I just have not had time to do this. You right. don't even understand. Right. You know? And so that's, that's one of the other horseman then is that defensiveness right Mm -hmm. so so they they go hand in hand often if Mm -hmm. so defensiveness we'll we'll take that one next there's no particular order in these but so defensiveness is another of the the deadly horsemen um so if i if i have an issue with you and i've never brought it up and i've let it boil and i decide to come with a harsh startup Mm -hmm. what happens yeah you get defensive defensive yeah i mean it it makes sense in a way, but mm-hmm. if I, um, when it, let, but let's say that I use a gentle startup, yeah. let's say that I'm not being critical. I use a gentle startup and you still get defensive sure. over it. Uh-huh. Um, that's when it's a, that's a problem because I'm doing my best to come gently to deal with the issue. Now you're making the choice not to engage with me not to because defensiveness doesn't Mm. uh, instead of instead of being defensive what what they encourage you to do is to to take some responsibility Mm. Mm -hmm. so if i have an issue with something about you there's probably an element in there that you could own sure maybe not the whole thing but probably part of it at least or at least honor me in Mm -hmm. in that i have an issue with you Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, these two things to me, if, make sure I'm hearing this correct, they almost sound like like kind of the inverse of each other. So like criticism is you coming at me and kind of saying, you know, what's wrong with you? As if there's like a part of my identity that's just flawed and that's what's created this horrible situation. Yeah. Whereas defensiveness could be like you're coming and saying, you know, hey, Kevin, like I've noticed something that's kind of been going on and I'd like to talk about it. 
and it's your dirty laundry. Right. And immediately I'm like, it's, it's almost as if I'm afraid that that's like, I'm, my identity is almost wrapped up in my laundry keeping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, and so like, so I get defensive because it feels like an attack, even though it's not an attack on me. Right. Just trying to sort out something. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I put my, put my guard up. Right. It also sounds like defensiveness would be like not super compatible with like our idea of confession like mm. what we do in worship. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's probably sometimes like when we hear our sin called out, we don't like that. Right. I don't want right. to right. think that I'm a sinner. <laughs> right. Literally air, air my dirt, dirty laundry out there. Yeah. Right. Right. And we see that like in like scripture, Jesus calling people out and them kind of being like, no way, you know, right. they get defensive. Right. But yeah. So, so, Tell me again, what's the positive side? What, take responsibility, you said. Take responsibility, yep. Um, mm. Because ultimately, if you're defensive, and, I, and I'm not being critical of you, um, really, you're, that's just an underhanded way of you placing blame back on me. Mm. So if you shirk responsibility, you're, you're, not, you're not necessarily pointing the finger back at me, but you're, you are. Yeah, kind of saying like whatever, man. That's your problem. Yeah, like you have an issue with this, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, and that's not good either. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, sometimes, sometimes the defensiveness is just a. Sometimes we're defensive by, by defending our 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 own, but we will fire back some warning shots too to the other. You know, so if I have a. Uh, if you're being defensive about the dirty laundry, you might fire back at me one of those shots about the uh, fact that I don't ever do the dishes, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just fire these warning shots over the bow, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. and that's not a conversation either. Yeah, it's like the imagery is more. This is this is war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's the, the dividing wall, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we'll just fire our arrows over our cannonballs and. Mm-hmm. launch them at each other and you stay over there and I'll stay over here. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, I think like in a relational sense, it's, it's almost like, like both sides of this fictitious cities we now have battling against each other. Like on the other sides of them, you know, maybe there's like erosion caving in and the city's going to like fall to bits unless they can bridge this gap right, yeah. between the two. Right. And, uh, but just by battling each other, it kind of eats away and erodes and before long, like the whole thing's going to be, right. you know, you're both going to sink. Right. 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 And I think the, the, the next two deadly horsemen, um, are, are in line with <laughs> that kind of idea. Mm. Um, let's talk about contempt. Number three, contempt, contempt. So contempt is, um, is really when I just end up having disgust for you. So when I just don't like you anymore. Right. So criticism is when there's a character, I, I'm digging at your character, you know, this, this issues are, you know, a negative traits about your personality and all this stuff. So contempt is when that builds up to a certain point where we're, you know, you, you become the issue. I just mm. don't even, I just don't even like you anymore because of this stuff. So when there's that like genuine dislike mm. for the other person, that's it's the most poisonous in a marriage because there's really no way to work on issues when you don't even like the other person. Sure. Yeah, I mean it sounds like it sounds like criticism is like one issue that I'm kind of making a bigger deal or like identifying you with um but this idea of contempt is more like 
I only see you through this lens now. Like all of you, I see all of you through this lens of eh, screw up, yeah. eh, lazy, eh. right? And yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So it's really everything you do. I'm gonna find some way to to see it through that filter, yeah. that lens. And so, yeah, there's no way for you to escape. Right, right. Um, and I feel like I see this, uh, unfortunately. I mean, in marriages, but in the in the political scene in our in our world today in the comments section of you know social media or whatever mm-hmm. it there's like this there is it seems to be a genuine dislike of other people um based on some on their political affiliation you know you like like you can't even see past that thing like the entire identity and character of a person is wrapped up in who they're going to vote for how they're responding to some sort of issue and those that, i mean this is dangerous i mean i mean i unfortunately again you see it in um like in the comment section of a, of a news story or whatever mm-hmm. where it's just it's maybe one person tries to make up some positive comment and then the other one they just respond back well you must have voted for so-and-so or you must be you know you don't pay attention to whatever you know it's just like mm-hmm. holy smokes Boom, done. Conversation over because I don't like you and you're an idiot, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like one of the most depressing things I think there is to do out there is just scroll down to the comment section of any video. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what the content of the video is right? I know. or the post. Like things can turn so nasty and negative so quick. Right. And I wonder how much of that has to do with, especially on like social media, you, you don't even really know who you're talking to. Right. And it's not a conversation. That's the that's the problem. It's sure. not a relational conversation. Yeah, you're just throwing out there your opinion about something and waiting to see what happens to it. You know, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, when when in, when in actuality in in relationship, um, so if if to to prevent myself from uh, feeling contempt towards you. Like if I genuinely want the relationship to succeed, mm. what I should do instead of having contempt, instead of attacking, instead of disliking you, if I can approach you from a place of describing my own feelings and my own needs, mm. um, sometimes I say use I statements instead I've of you that. statements. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So, in a conflict, a you statement is you're an idiot, you're a slob, you don't do anything right. Mm. Um, an I statement is I'm feeling disappointed, I'm mm. feeling hurt, I'm feeling frustrated, mm. I wish that this could be different. Uh, you know, yeah. Because then I'm actually, I'm not attacking you. Hopefully, hopefully you don't get defensive over that. Hopefully it's, oh, they're taking a humble posture. Mm-hmm. I want to approach them in in care and compassion and engage in this conversation. Yeah. I mean, even like just emotionally, like inside of me right now, as you use that type of language, like it makes me draw in and think like, Oh, like what's like, what's going on, man. You know, like when you care about someone, if they, if they're vulnerable with you, right. Right. They share how they're feeling. I mean, that's a hard thing too. Like just to recognize that it is, it's a little bit of a challenge for us today. I think to say like, let me tell you how I feel, you know, yeah, we're not the best at doing that, but, to work on that and see how useful it is in drawing people in. Right. Actually building the bridge. Right. And I think that's what we're afraid of these days though, too, mm. for because of how hostile things have gotten mm. and how aligned people's 
personalities and identities have become with their opinions. I don't know. It's yeah. not even just a political vote kind of thing. Just pick any issue. You know, right. we're right. we're afraid that if we're vulnerable and we speak out of humility mm-hmm. about our personal convictions about things, that somehow we're either going to be attacked or we're going to mm. attack other people by being that vulnerable. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird, that's a weird place to be, but I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. I think I, my hunch is that it's a, a fear or just a sensitivity towards, yeah. Like if I put my heart out here, like you could squash it. Right. <laughs> you know, and I don't want that to happen. Right. Uh, but I mean, I think also understanding like that, I mean, that really could happen. Like, but you know, then that you've, you know, then that you've like taken the step that you should take. Right. If you care about the relationship, if you wanted to uh, be healed and move forward and you're thinking of the longevity of it. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So that's one contempt to, well, we did criticism first, but one, one, <laughs> one criticism two defensiveness, three contempt. What's our last horseman? It's called stonewalling. Um, and the researchers have found that this, this one generally comes later on in marriage. Okay. So, a lot of newlyweds, when they're dealing with conflict, kind of uh, try to use these three things and may use them unsuccessfully and negatively and kind of have to sift through all of that stuff and find a more healthy way. Mm. Um, but left untreated, if if the couple still stays together, but left untreated over time and eventually, usually one just stonewalls, which basically means... They just kind of checking checking out of the the conflict, yeah, you know, the conversation or in the relationship, yeah. So it's just, yeah, you can have your opinion about my dirty laundry, yeah. I'm not doing anything about it, you know. Sure. And you're just gonna be madder and madder, and I'm just gonna be more and more absent. Sure. You know. Um. <laughs> so. Stonewalling, though, comes from, like, kind of pent up. Like, it's a it's a natural, like, physiological response. Wow. So, like, if you've been, if I'm feeling attacked by you, there, there, not only is there an emotional response, but there's a physiological response. So, if, if I'm feeling attacked by you, mm-hmm. my heart rate's probably going to go up. My blood pressure's probably going to go up. Mm-hmm. My palms might get sweaty i might get nervous shakes like i mean all those things happen so to prevent all that stuff you know eventually your body's just going to kind of shut down and go numb to all of that stuff so if you're finding yourself in a heated exchange in a relationship and and you feel like you want to withdraw or stonewall and just be firmer and firmer the especially in a marriage, this can work. What, what they recommend is don't disappear for good, but take a 20 minute break. Mm -hmm. Just say, I need, I need 20 minutes, (laughs) set the clock Mm -hmm. and do some, I mean, it sounds silly, but some physiological work to Mm -hmm. relax yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, take a walk, take a walk, pray like, relax your muscles one by one. I mean, it sounds kind of silly. Close your eyes, like do deep breathing. I mean, these things, you know, (laughs) you hear that and you go, okay, well, what good is that going to do? It it does stuff. 
I mean, it, yeah. it really does. There's a lot of research behind that, like on a physiological level. And then you check back in and your conversation would be different. It wow. just will. Huh. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's amazing to hear that counter to stonewalling. It's also like a little sad to think of just the reality of stonewalling and that it's kind of this like over time, the trench is dug so deep or the wall has been built so high. It's like you don't even really fire the arrows anymore. You're just kind of like, let's turn around. Yeah. You know, essentially. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, uh, that idea of turning, turning away, um, that's what Gottman and the researchers say is that's the dangerous thing when in a, in a relationship, especially in a marriage, but any relationship, if you want to stay in relationship, you have to remain turned towards one another. Mm. Um, once you turn away from the other, then you're saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to participate here, you know, and stonewalling is kind of the last straw of that. But every one of these horsemen is in a way turning away. It's, you know, firing a shot back and turning away and defensiveness or mm-hmm. criticism and sometimes taking that shot and running away and just seeing what you do with it. You know what I mean? So all these are those little attempts to not really be engaged um, in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly sounds like, especially the stonewalling and that ultimate kind of turning away and separation. I've heard that like the opposite of love in a biblical sense is not hate actually, but that it's like apathy. You know, like when we think about us and God, like something might go on in your life that actually makes you pretty upset with God. But the worst thing you can do is not to air that complaint with God. Uh Like God's bigger than whatever it is that's happened, right? Like he can take your punches. Uh (laughs) I mean, he took a lot of punches, right? Jesus took a lot of punches. He can take them. The worst thing you could do is to kind of be like, well, forget it all. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the point? It's not worth it, right? Like, and I think even like in the Psalms, you hear some of that language of people crying out and saying like, God, where are you? You know, Mm. we need you right now. Uh, We're not seeing you show up. Right. You know, and which is really, even if it's in a place of kind of frustration, it's still a declaration of faith. Yeah. yeah. You're saying like, look, you promised some stuff. I'm not seeing it. Uh You show me it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Um, So, okay. So stonewalling, turning away. Yeah. Rift. Right. Gotcha. And I, I think there's such biblical connections then at least this is how I was seeing it and and bringing this into that sermon on Ephesians Mm two, this idea that the dividing wall of hostility is gone. Mm. That's what it says. Jesus tore down the dividing wall of hostility. Mm -hmm. So, I think uh, hostility, that, that word can also, uh, um, the, the, the word, that Greek word can also be translated as enmity, mm. which in, at least in my mind, there's probably definition, di- difference in def- definitions, but I think that word contempt also probably falls in line in there too. Sure. Right. No more contempt, hatred, hostility, enmity, division, like all of that stuff is all that stuff's gone between us and, 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 and God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And between us and other people in the cross of Jesus. It's just any, any time that there's hostility, we created it. Sure. Yeah. It's, we did. <laughs> it's we not, made it. Interesting. Yeah. Cause it's not there in Christ. Right. Like it's gone. Right. Okay. And so then if we, 
if we turn to Christ or if we're looking through the lens of the cross, yeah. if that's our compass, if the cross is our compass, yeah. we're not going to run into, or we're not going to, we're not, we're not going to choose hostility. Right. Yeah. Right. We're going to choose peace, which is, that's what it says comes mm. as a result of the wall of hostility being gone is peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it even says that what he is our peace, right? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus is our peace. Himself is our peace. So yeah, okay, again, going back to this idea, like not only is there is there you know, kind of no hostility in Christ, but Jesus is our peace. So it's not like we're the ones that are conjuring up this peace. Correct. Like it's not like we're gonna rally cry to everybody and get everyone joined in just a like out of human effort, but like Jesus, like he is that unifying yes. presence, person. Right. Okay. And do we, you know, I think it comes to a matter of faith. Like, do we trust him enough to actually be what he says to, that he promises to be? Mm. Um, I think because we want, we often want to bring peace through our human efforts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, work across the aisle, find compromise. Sure. And those are good things to do, but that's still not the same as peace in, in Jesus, peace through Jesus. It's, it's a, different thing it's it's i mean as we've been talking and i think we're going to be keep preaching through ephesians the the idea is not not just uh unity is not just the alignment of people mm. based on a common understanding but mm-hmm. a true true oneness a new creation a, a new reality a new reality right yeah it's not like so yeah like marriage and maybe you mentioned this even yeah. it's not like a it's not like a business deal or contract right that's like all right, we agreed all these things. Right. It's like l- literally you are one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just is. Yeah. And so I think I think if we can keep all that in mind, um, especially especially between fellow Christians, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how do we how do we lean and and lead in the world as people of peace? Mm-hmm. Okay. So so a lot of this a lot of this language in the scriptures is definitely between fellow Christian brothers and sisters. Sure. That between us who believe in Christ, there's no hostility. When we're dealing with people outside of Christ, we still lead in that, in that way, still Mm -hmm. lead by, um, by Christ and by peace. Um, but the, the expectation of what might come back to us. Sure. Um, maybe needs to be a little bit different. We shouldn't be under the assumption that we're going to be treated well just because we lead um, by Christ. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like like we all as Christians, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, like we're, we're kind of accountable to each other. Like we should be able to hold each other accountable to these standards even. Right. Just like unity. marriage. Just like, yeah. Just yeah. like marriage. Right? Yeah. The long game, like it's all in view. Like this is where we're headed. We're together in this. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of interesting just thinking about like, um, you know, what it might look like to demonstrate or pr- even practice, like get better at these, Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of the flip sides of the four horsemen. It'd be an interesting practice if you as a Christian knew another Christian who had like a totally different viewpoint than you, uh-huh. totally opposite Yeah. to like try this week to listen to them. Yeah. Right. Like just hear their, just hear them out right? without like coming with the criticism or, or being defensive or, uh, uh having contempt 
or what's our fourth one? Stonewalling. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you can't be doing that if you're going to conversate with them. <laughs> but that would be interesting, like, because you might, maybe you know somebody who thinks differently than you, like right now, politically or uh, pandemic-wise, right? Like mm-hmm. all these things. And as a show of like good faith, in our faith, to say like, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to actually hear you out. Right. That'd be an interesting, interesting thing to do. I think it's a beautiful idea. <laughs> that sounds like what Paul was telling the, the Jews and Gentiles to do, right? Yeah. Because they were all mixed up together there in, in Ephesus. Right. So that was, I mean, they were having these conversations. For sure. Totally different sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So if you think that you're the first, you know, Christians to have differing views from other people on issues of the day, uh, think again. <laughs> it's been happening since the very beginning. So, And yet we're still here. We're still here. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Yeah. Because he's the head of the church, not us. (laughs) And thank God for that. (laughs) Right? Totally. Um, Yeah. So, Mm. um, yeah, I I don't know. I hope that uh, thinking about these things and these ways we communicate um, are beneficial for you. Maybe, Maybe you heard something today that's beneficial for you in your own marriage or your workplace or with your kids or whatever. Um, they're, they're good for me to continue to keep thinking about the way that I talk and listen and approach people. Mm. Uh, so yeah, continue to lean into that and, uh, keep reading the book of Ephesians where, uh, where, where we see how this plays out from a Christian perspective, not just our human efforts to communicate well, but from the true Christian perspective of, uh, what it is that Jesus came to do and what he has accomplished for us through the cross, which is uh, true unity with him and with other people. So, Amen, brother. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there uh, for today. Uh, it's good conversating with you again. I got to figure, I got to Google that. I don't know how to conjugate this verb conversate. Mm-hmm. If, I think it's going well. I've, it always sounds so smooth in my ear. <laughs> it still my sounds so, <laughs> so grating. So well, we hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed rest of your day. Cheers. <laughs>